Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? It's your guy, Ike Jones, and we are back with another morning drop today. We're transitioning over into Bama Hate Week, talking about how the Auburn Tigers can potentially get the run game going versus those guys over there. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop. It is Monday, November the 20th. Ike Jones, be will in here with another great edition of Morning Drop. Hopefully everybody's doing good this Monday. Be will, how you feeling this morning? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Just woke up two mornings in a row. Like, that didn't really happen. It does oh, feel yeah. kind of surreal. I ain't going to lie to you. But, you know, yeah. it happened. It definitely happened. But, you know, uh, you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. It is what it is. Before we get into the conversation, uh, let's just make sure that everybody's doing the necessary. Go ahead and share this video with somebody out there on social media. Tag your least favorite Bama fan out there so they can come in here and pretend like they um, don't care about Auburn, but then consistently talk about Auburn. You know, that's how they like to do. Um, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're out there in the world of podcasts, go ahead and share the pod with somebody. Give us that five-star review. Um, let's get into the conversation, though, be will I don't want to play around with this too much. We need to talk the numbers. You know, it's Metrics Monday, so we got to get into the. We got to. We got to talk about the numbers, man. Um, and let's be clear. This is a tough defense that we're facing here this coming Saturday, particularly against the run. Uh, they are currently number 27 in the country, giving up 117.9 yards per game. Nine rushing touchdowns surrendered on the entirety of the season. Auburn versus Power 5 teams so far this season, rushing totals go as follows. 136 yards versus Cal, 
144 yards versus Texas A&M, uh-huh. 219 versus Georgia, mm-hmm. 139 versus LSU, 153 versus Ole Miss, 186 versus Mississippi State, 230 versus Vandy, and 354 versus Arkansas. Now, um, of course, those last two numbers there are crazy. But the one against Georgia is the one, of course, that, you know, we as Auburn fans need to go back and say, what did we do right versus Georgia that allowed us to be able to rush for 219 yards? And the answer to that question, oddly enough, was the quarterback run. Uh-huh. It was the additional yards that you didn't expect from the quarterback to be in there giving you versus Georgia. Yeah. What you have to ask yourself then subsequently is, can Auburn do that against Bama? Right. Now, as far as rush defenses are concerned, Georgia statistically has the better run defense on the season. They're better against the run than Alabama has been this year. So can Auburn find a way to reproduce their rushing success, whether that's via the quarterback or not, versus this Alabama team? How do you feel about it? Well, some of it has to come down to choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's choice on how the, the defense wants to defend us. We uh, talked about it after the Georgia game, and you specifically noted that Georgia didn't load the box up. I said, hey, man, we'll give you all some yards on the ground, no problem. But y'all ain't going to pass it. And? We didn't really pass it. <laughs> uh, there were definitely a couple of, of of possibilities in the passing game, but we weren't in sync like we haven't been in sync most of the season in the passing game. So um, we couldn't put up points in, in the amount or at the consistency that was going to allow us to beat Georgia. We couldn't do it. Now, how would Alabama attack us? I would have told you that after the last three SEC games we had, that we were spreading things around. We things looked a little wide open, and that anybody who defended us would have to, to play honest and, and balance between the box and, and between the secondary. And then New Mexico State said, "No, nah, not really. <laughs> Y'all aren't any better. There's <laughs> a little smoke and mirrors. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna load the box up, and we're gonna make your guy throw and hit these wide receivers. And we could not do it. I don't know how anybody who has defended us." for the last um, who who watched us get defended by New Mexico State last week would do anything other than yeah, I'm going to put I guess depending on what your personnel is already, if you're a, a great defensive line who's got four and you can get a little pressure or if you all it takes is, is your, your base four and, and two linebackers to get a lot of pressure and, and stuff to run, that's all you do. Like, hey, we're really good up front. And we're going to play safe on the back end. And that's the luxury you have when you have a lot of talent on the front end, right? You got six in the front or you got seven in the front. If your run defense is tough enough, you could probably do something against us. Now, I think our offensive line, or the way they have been playing, we matched up well against six. Georgia six. And I don't know how often they had seven down there, but... So that that's essentially what it comes down to for Alabama. Right. Is Alabama going to be like Georgia and say, our front seven is good enough. We don't need to devote additional guys to the run game. Right. Because that's where Georgia really was allowing us to get numbers in the run game, was saying, oh, we can, we can handle it without bringing the run blitzes. We can handle it without 
trying to send additional guys. Our front seven can whip your five or six and we'll be fine. And that didn't, that wasn't a winning proposition for them. We were able to get numbers and we were able to run the ball. Is Bama going to do the same thing or are they going to say the guys who've had success against this team, stopping them from running, sent eight, sent nine and said, we'll take our chances with our DBs on the outside, being able to stop their receivers which you guys aren't going to run the ball. Now, that didn't work so well for Mississippi State. Right. That didn't work so well for Vandy. That didn't work so well for Arkansas. All of those teams did the same thing. They said, all right, cool. We're going to send more guys than you can block, and it still didn't work. Right. Is Bama going to take the Georgia approach, or are they going to take the Mississippi State, Vandy, Arky, New Mexico State approach? That's the question that Auburn has to figure out the answer to and have an answer for it's actually working with just their seven. Cause Texas A&M was able to do it. No, actually Texas A&M sent additional guys against the run too. the teams that have been successful since sent extra guys. Right. It, are they going to be, are they going to be stubborn and say, we can win this by whipping you guys up front? I don't know. You know what the better question is now though? If we were able, if we were prepared to face a loaded box with pass options all over the field and we executed that in our three-game winning streak, again, I know we're not talking about last week right now. We're not talking about New Mexico State, right? But why couldn't we execute against a loaded box two days ago? Like, that's 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 still in my memory. Were they just more ready? Are, were they preparing? Are they going to be more gassed up for Bama and what they could see? against them, then they were prepared to execute fully against New Mexico State. Some of that, like you said, it comes down to how Bama chooses to defend us. And some of that is going to come down to, are we ready to face however they're going to defend us? Uh, Kevin Steele was mostly aggressive. But again, he was aggressive when he, well, we kind of had to be because we, we rarely, in his years here, 2016 to 2020, those five years, we only had elite pass rushing two of those years. So he was aggressive because he kind of had to be because we didn't have pass rushers that could really get to the quarterback consistently. So he was. I don't know if Bama's good at getting to the quarterback or not. I I honestly don't watch them a lot. I know Bama fans think we just waiting by the TV with bated breath, hoping they lose. I I really don't. I don't pay attention to y'all. Are they going to load up the box? I would say you probably see some both, honestly. It's probably what you'll see. Um, Too many quality defensive minds over there. We would see some both. I know that you would have to have very little confidence that they can stifle what you could do. I would think that my secondary, if I'm Alabama, which I think is pretty good, on the outside against your receivers, Auburn, I'd be like, yeah, all day. (laughs) All day. Yeah, we'll take that chance because I haven't seen anything special from your wide receivers. And if I throw a little pressure at your quarterback, he's going down. That's, That's what I've seen all season long. If I get the smallest amount of pressure on your quarterback, it's open. So maybe if I want to get a little tricky and and confuse you a little bit, if you're going to play to turn Peyton Thorne over, then what do you do? You look like you're going to bring some, and then you drop back. Because if he has to think too much, he's he's not going to make a good decision. Or he's going to take off and run for very few yards, but we'll keep you between the 20s, and you won't get too close. It sounds bad, but I am... (laughs) I'm, I'm more worried about, like, what are our options than theirs? Like, they're going to choose to do really one way or the other. I think they have a better chance of defending us. Even if they bring a light box, they've got better outside uh, talent on the outside in their secondary 
than the teams we've had success against on this run. So they would stand a better chance of defending our past game, even though we looked, again, we looked crisp when we came out against Mississippi State and Vanderbilt and Arkansas. But they don't really have the talent on the outside that Bama does. So I think Bama rolls the dice. They could do some of both, first half, second half, first quarter, second quarter. And I would honestly be worried that we would be able to do anything against it because we haven't looked good on offense outside of those three weeks. And our quarterback, again, a little pressure. He's shaky. If the first two drives don't work, the whole game, the whole game is is just a crapshoot on whether or not we're going to be able to find open wide receivers. I'm worried. I, I I don't even know what your question was, man. I'm worried as hell. I was about to say you just sound like a, a worried fan right now. So we just throw, <laughs> we just throw away Georgia as an anomaly. Then Georgia didn't have. I think, I think we have to. I think we have. I mean, well, I don't want to say I think we have to. We played up for Georgia as we hoped we would, and it wasn't an embarrassing game. Okay, so we're not going to play up for Bama? We will. We will play up for Bama. I'm I'm so biased because of what I just saw last weekend. It's Understood. really hard to separate. Listen, I listen. Uh, after watching us play against Cal, I don't know how, and Texas A&M, I don't know how you would not be biased going into the Georgia game and saying, there's no way we're going to rush for 219 yards in that game. But we did it. Yeah, we did after watching the New Mexico State game, you think to yourself, there's logically no way that we're going to rush for over 200 yards against Alabama, but can we? We can. We can. Football, let me tell you something. Football is crazy. Football is crazy. I've seen very, very strange outcomes at the end of the season. Rivalry games after a very, very tough loss for one team playing another team that's supposed to be over its head. Football is crazy like that. Kids are emotional like that. I just, I don't know how to, anybody who says you know exactly what's going to happen in this game, you are lying. You are lying. Because we have shown enough of a spectrum between good and bad this year to say, I have no idea what I'm going to get. Bama is talented enough and has shown enough on the field this year, particularly late, to say, man, I, I, I don't expect them to lay an egg because I haven't seen them lay an egg really since September. So, I don't think it's it's no prediction is really unrealistic. You could say, "Hey, man, we're gonna go." I don't even have a fight life. I'm just asking questions, right? Like I don't know. I know. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm getting interrogated, man. What you? What you? I'm just asking questions, brother. I just want to know. Can can I get a a a a McDonald's meal, please? But yeah, I mean, I absolutely think we could we could see the best effort we have seen from this team all year, and I'm including the Arkansas game. We could play that type of game, and as much as it makes everybody feel like, oh, well, we lost like that to that team, New Mexico State, well, we're going to lose by eighty to Bama. This that that loss could fuel and generate the best possible outcome for this game. I'm not saying that outcome is a win necessarily, but I'm saying that's possible because that's how football works. As a better, I've seen it year after year after the last week of the season. Bet the least. Bet your betting the least. I remember what was it? It was a in around the time when USC was still cooking, and Pete Carroll was still there. It was after 2004, so of course they won that. They was in our spot. It should have been us. And they lost to UCLA at the end of the season. UCLA was awful. They were like a three or four win team. And they lost to UCLA, and that was their chance to get back to a BCS game. They lost to UCLA. Everybody kind of thought, oh, well, you know, it's a rivalry game. 
to be honest with you, they I still don't think that USC team was as as good as everybody remembers. I think they had a lot of trash competition. Another t- conversation for another day. Mm. But this was still some some elite recruits. This was still Pete Carroll as the head coach who had had his system in place. They had done the big winning. They had gone back to back. And they lost to a team that wasn't even 500. It can happen. It happens a lot. <laughs> it happens every year. There's a huge upset in somebody who has no business beating somebody else. It's not impossible for us to put, have our best effort this week for Bama to play a shaky game on the road. We've we've been doing this. We've been doing this. And if people said, well, I think uh, Mike was the one who said yesterday that his old Miss friend said, welcome to the Hugh Freeze experience. Yeah, well, the Hugh Freeze experience is dropping something that you shouldn't drop if that's what they're saying. It's also beating people that you nobody think you had a chance to beat. That is correct. So I expect the energy to be correct for this game. I expect this team to want to get something back after that effort to show something. You talked about how focused, but disappointed, but somehow uh, resolute Eugene Asante sounded in the postgame. We have have talent on this team. We have quality players on this team, and they gave their worst effort of the year. I got to think they want to get that taste out of their mouths and show something extremely, uh, much, 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 much better this week. And that's why I can't put it out of the, it's not impossible for us to rush for 200 plus. It is not. It is not guaranteed that we're going to go in here and look bad and Jordan here this weekend. That is not what I expect to see. I expect to see a dog fight for, for at least what two and a half quarters. Yes. I expect to see that 200 yards rushing. Mm. I will say this. You, we're not going to beat Bama primarily rushing. You would have to put the ball in the air. And no, pass. Yeah. Listen, the, to win this game, Peyton Thorne needs to be on his thing, right? Like, yeah. but to, if you expect Peyton Thorne to go out there and throw for 40 times and beat Bama, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to figure out ways to run the ball. And that's why I focused on that this morning. You got to figure out how to get what I think is the most talented group on this offense involved in this football game more yeah. often, and that's the running back room. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a game where we've been as unimaginative in the way that we ran the ball as we did versus New Mexico State. Yeah, There was not a single jet sweep, a thing that Jeremiah Cobb has eaten on all season. They didn't even attempt to do it one single time that yeah. entire game. It was basically just the zone read RPO game the entire game when it came to the run game. Now, we didn't get a lot of possessions, so maybe with more possessions we would have seen more variety. But I just didn't see an attempt on our part to do anything but what was the base offense versus New Mexico State. for what They, tr- they came in here with the game plan and treated that New Mexico State game like we're more talented, we should beat them, right. as opposed to we have a way that we want to attack this team. And that was that was the downfall, in my opinion, of how this offense performed. Yeah. Was the game plan assumed your talent is this is this is kind of the if we're gonna be honest, this is kind of the theme of how this season has gone is talent is going to win this game. Talent is going to win it. Or we're not the talent we have is too big of a gap for us to win this game. 
that seemed to be kind of the theme of all of this. It's been about the talent. And so when we felt we we're more talented, we went out there and we treated it kind of like a scrimmage. Yeah. Cal. Can't do that versus Bama. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this team comes out ready to change trajectory in that regard. And that starts, in my opinion, with the coaching staff. And I think the coaching staff is definitely going in this week with a different kind of focus on what needs to happen in this game. And I think the players feel embarrassed by what happened last week. And I hope that that turns into a different kind of passion towards this game. As Jalen Simpson said, people will talk a lot about how he said that, you know, he felt like the score was going to be the opposite direction. He also said in that post-game presser that it's, it's the Iron Bowl. You don't really need a bunch of motivation. If you need motivation for this game, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, yeah. This game provides motivation all on its own. Let's come in here ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we will see a team that is ready to play. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. You guys are difference makers out here in the comment section, and we appreciate everybody who continues to support the War Report. We will start it off. You got to change your name immediately. <laughs> but uh, Diego Pavia gets it started off. Y'all think the issue with the offense is that we're trying to not to lose with our current QB instead of trusting him to go win. You know, we stumbled on on part of this yesterday when we were having on the weekend tailgate. <clears throat> and Ike, you were you were countering me and Mike's it's the coaches, it's the coaches, it's the coaches. Well, with well, this week alone, it's not like everything can't just fall off a cliff in one week. If we if they had been coaching well for a few weeks, and you made the point that they had to the players had to carry some of that because you have been performing. And the reason that the coaches, it can't just be the coaches in one week is because, uh, help me, if, if I articulate this wrong, then help me out because I don't, I don't want to misquote you here. The culture in the locker room and the standard in the locker room for this team should be as such where there is a baseline that we don't drop to. And that mm -hmm. baseline, we dropped below that baseline last week. So if the culture was correct, if the motivation was correct for the entire team and all the players, then that doesn't happen. And I made the point that, well, I think that I agree with you. There is a problem with the overall motivation and the overall standard for the team. But the reason that it looked so good for the three weeks prior to this game was because the season was on the line. The season, the bowl game was on the line, which was a, a low water mark for what you want to achieve this season. Three very bad opponents that we had an opportunity to get the bowl game. We had an opportunity to get bowl game eligible. We did it and we got it. They kind of checked that off the list. And the thing that I think that I thought as I attributed some of Hugh Freeze's effort and his, how hands-on he was with the offense and how, and we know this because he told us, he had been more hands-on with the offense. He had made that decision to do that. 
I thought that once he is present and puts his hands on the offense and he's that present with the team and they're rallying after that SEC game losing streak and we're over and we're trying to get in the winning column, then he has that effect on the team when he is that present. But if he is not, just like any operation where if the supervisor's there and they're like, all right, we're going to do all right. And as soon as they leave, he leaves, then, then, then the workers or whatever. I think that's the situation here. And with the quarterback position specifically, I think he's just a medi- very mediocre quarterback, honestly. And if Hugh Freeze doesn't come up with a, a tailored game plan, if I'm not game planning this for you, just you, oh, no, if I being a parent, me being a parent, hey, uh, if, well, your kid's not eating this food we left. Also, look, you got to do it like this. You got to use this spoon. You got to zip it around like this. You got to say these words and get them to laugh and then put it in his mouth. I think that is kind of what's going on here. He's just all right. You can kind of lift the team's performance and the offense's performance if you being the head coach, in this case, I'm making that the, the parent, the supervisor and the parent in this situation, you can lift the performance of the team. You don't want to have to do that. You want them to have some of that baseline be higher on their own. But this is a mishmash group of players. This is old players and new players and um, Nobody here is is really somebody that you recruited straight up um, as far as significant contributors on the offensive. Maybe Connor Lou is the only one that's, that's, you know, here that you recruited, you told to come in. But other than that, there is a a cohesive, motivational uh, discipline issue. And we saw that. We saw hands are off. You're not that good. If I put my hands on, okay, now you're good again. This quarterback's floor is much lower than I think we thought it was going to be. And probably, if I'm guessing, lower than Hugh Freeze thought it was going to be. And yes, I think some of it is they don't trust what he can do without having a significant hand. Oh, you, you're muted. I, I can't hear you. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's what I think. And they took their hands off of it long enough, just long enough, to make the effort that we saw last week. And I think he knows now, like, all right, I, I know what it is. I don't think that they're going to have their hands off for the Bama game, obviously. It's going to be all hands on deck trying to make the best effort possible. But, yeah, I, I think the issue, uh, to to Mr. P- Pavia's point, hey, may I change that name? To Mr. Pavia's point That's is... Chris S, apparently. He's, uh, he said he changed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to Mr. Bob, to uh, Chris S's point is they don't just trust them because the floor is not high enough. They thought the floor was higher. They thought there was a basic... You get this and you get that. And I don't have to ABC that for you. And I trust that you're not going to make these mistakes. No, that's not what we are. That's not who he is. The offense, you don't, they don't really trust all the wide receivers, obviously. I think it's obvious that the overall level of maturity for the players on this offense as far as what they can and can't execute on the field consistently is not what he wanted it to be. And therefore, they just get really safe and conservative when stuff isn't working. If it's working out the gate... They go, okay, I think you got it. I, we, we got it. You got some momentum. You believe it. I believe it. Let's go. If it doesn't work out the gate, buddy, we are in trouble. Yeah. I, listen, I, I've rewatched this game now twice. And I think uh, really the, the biggest issue of that offense was, again, it was very vanilla out the gate. But the, to the question of Peyton Thorne and the trust issue, of them trying to manage him so he doesn't make mistakes. I think that Peyton Thorne is risk averse. I think that he is he he is scared to death of making mistakes and yes. he makes mistakes 
And it doesn't necessarily defeat him because he's not like, I don't think he's a quarterback that goes out, but it makes him gun shy, right? right. Like right. when he thinks he sees something that he doesn't see that and he makes a mistake, now he's, oh, wait a minute, I don't, I'm, am I sure that, uh, wait, I, I'm not going to throw that because it might not. Let me let me check one more time and make sure that backside linebacker wasn't right there. Let me make sure one time that there's not a DB sitting in, and it that makes him tentative when he ma- makes a mistake. Right. Um, but I don't think that that's a coaching staff putting handcuffs on him. I think that that's Peyton Thorne deciding he doesn't want to be the he he does he want he don't want to be the reason anybody's upset at the end of the game. He didn't make the mistake. Turn the yeah. ball over. He didn't make the dumb throw. He'd rather just take the sack or uh, or run it or and take, it, take off running. Right. Yep. Yeah. You get that four or five yards, and and God bless him, man. He is willing to take that contact to take those hits. A lot of time, I'm like, hey, man, wouldn't you rather give on one or two times? I think you noted in, in the group chat when we was watching the game live. It was like, yeah, he should have gave that to Jarquez on that run. I'm like, yeah, he yeah. should have. It's like it almost seems like now he's like, nope, I'm gonna do it. I got it. I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna try my best to get us out of the situation, because like you said, there there are things there. It looks like he's gun shot. It looks it looks like he doesn't trust the wide open wide receiver that's right there. And but what can you do if that's your starting quarterback though? Like, what can you do to mitigate that in such a short amount of time? Like you can't yeah, it's you, you can't get him out of his head, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that you have to do is is really figure out from a scheme perspective, what things you can do to scheme guys open. Um, and, and the, the thing will be, Hey, this guy should be open. And this is, this was the Gus Malzahn philosophy offensively. And I didn't like it as a long-term success plan, Mm -hmm. but it should work on a one game basis. Right. Hey, this guy's supposed to be open. And if he's not take off running. Right. All right, and and unfortunately, I mean, we 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 like to charge the Gus Malzahn uh, quarterbacks, specifically Bo Nix, with being one read and run quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That's what the offense asked him to do. Right, was throw it to this guy, and if he's not there, then take off. Didn't really have a bunch. Now, hopefully, Coach Hugh Freeze actually puts a check down in there. Didn't have a lot of check downs available mm-hmm. for, uh, uh, in the Gus offense, so it should be. And and we've heard this mantra being repeated in the uh, in the preseason touchdown check down. So it should be touchdown check down run, right? Uh-huh. Hey, the first thing we're going to do is try to scheme this guy open. What I want Peyton Thorne to be able to do is see that early. If it's not there, get to your check down early, and if that's not there, then you take off running. Unfortunately, for some reason, his processing speed has been either too quickly or too slowly in those scenarios where he comes off of a read too soon. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually there if he'd just be a little more patient. Right. And then he, now he's gotten into this, he's reading it too slowly and it was there, but you waited too long to throw it. Mm-hmm. And then he has to take off running. He's just, he's got to figure out that processing a little bit more quickly, uh, a little bit more accurately in, in, mm-hmm. in his uh, speed of processing and make it happen. Uh, Jonathan Boyson says, I got the mug. I first thing you see on my coffee bar. That is what's up. We appreciate you, Jonathan. Hey, for congratulations on the win. Uh, no longer Diego Pavia. Chris S says, how hard will it be for this team to put this L behind them and get into the tides tail? Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's essentially the question is, can you find the motivation for the sake of yourself, regardless of how you feel about this season 
and what your aspirations, do you say to yourself, I'm not going to put another week of bad tape out there? Forget what I feel about this coaching staff. Forget what I feel about the direction of this program. Forget what I feel about how we played last Saturday. I am not personally going to put another bad week of tape out there for me. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do my job. And the tape is going to say I was where I was supposed to be on this play, offense and defense. Because that's what you really – it should come down to for them. It should. Um, The the home – this being a home game – they're going to get all the motivation from the crowd. I know it wasn't a, a raucous crowd on, on Saturday. Everybody thought we had it in the bag, apparently. Coaches, players, fans, everybody thought we had it in the bag. But this game is different. I'm, I'm sure part of the recruiting pitch is to play in this game. All eyes on you. The dynastic coach and program, and you get them at home to take them down. Not only for the reasons that you said, Ike, which is you can play for you. You can play for your draftability, for your, hey, if you are want to leave in the offseason, hey, put out some good tape right here. Show out against Batman. Watch your options tick up. But also, the pride. I, I do think, I mean, this team is not what I think the team was last year. And we're talk, we talk about cohesiveness and the motivation of this team. I don't think this is a team that grew up together that has this bond. Like, if you hear the 0-4 team talk about each other and with each other, no, this is not that. And why would it be that? That team was together for four years. This team has been together for one year. And it's a mishmash of guys with, with different skill sets and different levels of talent and motivation. And you can, though, rally behind this one thing that just happened. Y'all are all part of the worst, probably the worst lost of, of y'all's career as far as the level of talent that was across from you and who you are as a player and what you expect yourself to be as a player. This can be the thing. And it, it doesn't have to be a full season's worth out. It's one game. One game. And you can wipe the disgust out of your out of your mouth, out of your mind, all those plays that you missed or that could have gone better. You can play one game, the game of your life, and everybody will be will completely forget that you lost. It won't forget, but it won't matter no more. The upset of Alabama would mean way more, <laughs> way more than the fact that you lost to New Mexico State. It would then be a, an extra blight on Alabama that they lost to a team that lost to New Mexico State, and they had that in front of them. I think that's motivation enough. I don't think they're going to have a problem getting up for this game anyway, but again, I've seen it too many times. Players are eager to go out there in a race a bad game by having a great game. And I think that they could do that. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Boyson jumps back in and says, we're going to have to be able to throw or they will stack the box. That seems to be the best way to go. Is If I was defending Auburn, that's what I would do. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stack that. I send that pressure. Pay throw. <laughs> I run blitz and blitz. That's all I'm doing. Every, you going to see five people every time and, until until somebody stopped me. You're going to have to get like three first downs for a peel back. Like, all right, all right, all right, you got me. You got me. Uh, Miller House says, Bama ain't going to take us serious. I really hope that this is true. I hope they come in here like, man, we got this in the bag. Now, the difference, <laughs> I think, is, and, and listen, I, I get it. You, you, people might not like hearing me say this. Bama may not take you seriously initially, but right. if you come out there and you start showing that you're not going to lay down because they just walked into the building with Bama on their helmet, um, they're going to turn it back on at some point in time because they kind of have that in them. And so 
you have to figure out after you throw your initial punch, if it doesn't knock them to the canvas, what are you going to do to continue to fight? Yeah, I don't think Bama has a problem. And this, to, to Nick Saban's credit, for all the credit he's given as a coach, y'all know I've never thought he was the greatest football coach. He may be the greatest college program builder, but he does have his team play to his standard. And maybe sometimes they're not good enough. Like there, there have been years that like they aren't just aren't that good. Okay, that's fine. But what they aren't going to do is come in and sleepwalk through a game the way we did. I've never seen that from a Nick Saban team. Halftime comes, even this year when they haven't been great. After halftime, they fix it. Yeah. They are a great second-half team. We may shock them. We may surprise them and, and get some points up quick and create a little lead or something like that. But after halftime, that's it, man. The coaches are engaged. The players are engaged. And they're going to be there to win that game. I think they don't have a choice but to take us serious because Nick Saban has often talked about how this is a daunting environment to play in. He knows how serious this game is here. He will not take it lightly, and therefore, I don't think the team will take it lightly. Yeah. They will, they will not, they will, <laughs> they'll, they'll take us seriously. They'll take yeah, us I, seriously. But I am hoping that they come in a little overconfident and it gives us a little bit of juice coming out the gate. And then, listen, th this defense, despite what happened this past weekend, is still a good defense. And if you can come out playing well initially and get yourself a little bit of a cushion – your defense start playing with a little swagger, you never know what happens. It's true. it's true. Lawrence Robinson says, if we can get better perimeter blocking and easy throws, we can win. That's going to be a tough task to yeah. get better perimeter blocking all of a sudden. Yeah. Can you can you play outside of yourself for one game? Blocking, that's, blocking is kind of one of those things where... It, it's it, Yeah, and some guys just either have that or they don't. I don't... Like the offensive line could probably block because I've seen them block well before. The offensive line can probably play above their their helmets a little bit um, for a couple of quarters and, and push some guys around. Um, but that perimeter blocking is just different, man. And I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen that consistently all year. Maybe on a play or two we can out leverage them and do some stuff. But yeah. it's gonna take it's gonna take a tremendous amount of effort. Uh, let's see. Ant Robinson says, same thing I've been saying all year. Put fair, var, fair weather on the field and let them play. I don't care if they are slot guys. They make plays. I agree with this. I agree with getting your best guys on the field and figuring out a way to get them to football. If you've said consistently that your best receivers are these guys, put the darn football in their hands, scheme ways to get them open and let them go out there and make plays for you that allow them to showcase multiple because if you just keep doing it in the same ways it's predictable right. find different ways to get those guys the football in ways that you haven't been doing previously and they're going to yield some better results i think because i think that they're actually talented enough to do that yeah i agree with that all right susan scale says gotta forget about last saturday like it never happened that's the only way that you can move forward I can't, Susan. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Forget, I can't forget about that. That. I mean, you can't. The players need to. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I, I hope that they can. Or you know what? I forget about it. again. You that that's that's your fire. That should be the fire that got lit. That that helps you make make up for that that terrible game last week. Hopefully they remember it, but in the right way. Use it as fuel and not as uh, depressing. 
Yeah. We will see. We will definitely see what happens. All right. We are going to get out of here. We'll be back at you guys again tomorrow morning. Make sure you like the video before you get out of here. Subscribe to the channel. Share it if you're listening to it on podcast. We appreciate you guys. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. Drop! Drop!